Roy Cooper announces a shutdown for all of North Carolina and how our lives have changed under the dome. We talk about believing all women except when accused. And we talk about the student student loan crisis. So all that and more on today's episode of Drawing the Line. That's right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're here. It's the weekend. And it's, what, week two of yeah. quarantine? Hope everyone's doing good. Hope that everyone's using their time productively and not playing video games all day. Do that Nate. like us. <laughs> hey, you are too. Don't say that. I am Don't, not. We are I, all. I am working. You guys are in here playing video games. Well, it's a good thing no one that I'm employed with listens to this. <laughs> yeah, very good. Thank goodness. Don't don't share them. Don't share this with them. So we'll just kick it right off and get right into the crux of the matter. According to the Charlotte Observer, Roy Cooper announced that starting Monday, we will all be under a stay-at-home order. That starts at 5 p.m. So get all of your, I guess, grocery store shopping and restaurant shopping down because guess what? All that's staying open. And surprisingly enough, like there really isn't that much that's going to change under this order. Well, yeah. So we, and just for context, Mecklenburg County, where we live, uh, actually had this stay-at-home order happen uh, about... I guess a couple days ago. I think it was, what was it, Tuesday? Thur- I thought it, it was Thursday. Thursday. Okay, so we've only, we've only had it for a couple days. And, like, there's a bunch of, like, rules and, like, don't do this, do this, like, stuff where you can look online and it'll detail everything out. But the basic understanding is, like, you can, you're trying to stay at home as much as you can and you can just leave your house for, like, food, medical stuff, um, exercise, like, base, basic needs right what i what i saw was not much changed except they limited the amount of people that are allowed to gather from like 50 to 10 yeah other than that it was a suggestion is really what it was and now we're actually getting the executive order suggestion it was a suggestion but for no for mecklenburg county it i mean i'm sure now that it's executive order it's going to be even more impactful and even more enforced but even in that that mandate that mecklenburg county did on thursday they said any violations of this like new rule is a misdemeanor they said so when you read the executive order you're right but they say flagrant and so you have to be you have to like be in a giant crowd or something like you have to have like a giant group or something like that yeah it's gotta be if like if a cop pulls you over and asks and you're just like an absolute jerk then i yeah i guess they can but that's the thing use their discretion there's still plenty of cars on the road in mecklenburg county um i think it's i think mostly what the lockdown is for is just an encouragement to like get people to stay at home get people to stay away from each other and then of course if anyone reports you then the cops those people are jerks first off yeah well, that's the thing if, if there's like a giant like i saw yesterday actually not not to out people don't listen to this police um but there was like a big group outside of one of the parks in charlotte there was this big group of people that were like doing a i don't even it wasn't even really a bike show but it was like a bunch of motorcycles lined up and everything and it was like kind of like a motorcycle show yeah like a, um, like a group but of it was a giant riders. group of like at least 25 people all standing right next to each other and i'm oh, like this no. is a violation but i'm saying if somebody that lived in the apartment complex that they were underneath if they had like called the police and were like somebody's violating the lockdown those people could all get misdemeanors. They could, man. Oh, I hate to think about that. Yeah. So this adds to almost half the country who has issued just about similar orders. And in Charlotte and in North Carolina in general, we've had about 1,000 cases. In Mecklenburg County, I think it's sitting around like 250, 300. I think we're kind of the hardest hit, hardest, quote-unquote. Well, out of all the counties in North Carolina. Yeah. Yes. So 1,000 cases, four people have died. 
which has led Roy Cooper to say, quote unquote, truly a matter of life and death. Now, take that into well, consideration. People, There's is. 10 million people that live in North Carolina. Well, uh, that's the thing. For certain, four for certain have died. people, it is, you know? Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I'm not, God forbid it gets into a nursing home or something like that. Yeah. Know? And I mean, what I'm saying is, of course, and this we'll get, we'll hash this out later and later on. This will be a constant subject that comes up. Of course, every life matters. However, people's lives are also tied into the economy. So just and and yeah, you'll see well, that, this. That's there's, like that's the ethical problem you have, right? Right, and I mean, even even I know, like as this, as the economy drops, suicide rates go up. So I mean, really? that's pretty linear. Yeah, it's pretty linear. Have, um, we, have you seen? Have there been like a lot of cases, or is this just like a statistic? This is just a historical, okay. a historical statistic. So we don't know if this is happening right no, now. No, 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 no. I don't think it's that bad yet. But, I mean, 3 million people have filed for unemployment, um, which is, I mean, the highest in, I think, the 2008 was like 300,000 in the same time period. So, huge, huge difference. And and to pretend that um, people's lives aren't caught up into the economy is, well, it's wrong. And so, we get this interesting debate, and we'll hash this out a little bit later. We get this interesting debate between all healthcare professionals who are basically, everyone stay home, would probably be happy if the National Guard lock down the entire city and all the economists who are saying, okay, it's really not that bad. Everybody leave. So not many people are able to like bridge that, that gap. And it's definitely two different schools of thought kind of contending. Yeah. So the lockdown in North Carolina will last 30 days long, all the way up until like April 29th with it, which is, I don't think we're going to make it that far. I mean, if the president's even suggesting that by Easter, we might he might try and lift some restrictions. I I don't know. Yeah, we're well, gonna make it. it. Might it might get lifted before that? Yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna make it all the way then with just a thousand cases and four people have died. I mean, ugh. of course, tragic for those four people, but still, like people's lives are caught up in the economy. So, sure. what is permitted during the shelter-in-place, stay-at-home order? So permitted reasons for leaving home are health and safety, outdoor activities, parks are absolutely packed. Um, I have I have a I have a dog. My parents my parents' dog is living here for fun, and parks are absolutely swarming with people. Certain types of work, uh, getting necessary supplies, services or food, hardware stores are actually open. Groceries, household supplies, items need to work from home or automobiles. Like I work for a third-party kind of distributor for automobile parts and we're designated as essential we're not closing even though someone emailed like our hr department and we're saying that because we're staying open we're like endangering people's lives and it's like really terrible that our business is still open and our HR department emailed them back and then emailed the entire company the reason why we're staying open and it was basically like we are one of the largest third parties for automobile parts. If we shut down, all the vendors shut down. Like all these customers yeah. and contractors shut down, we can't. Well, a lot it's of not really feasible. On them. Yeah, and then also think about it. Like if somebody who is still working, maybe construction or something like that, needs their car repaired, they need to get it done somewhere. If an ambulance needs their car, like needs their ambulance repaired, you know, that's an example right there. So I think. There, like people can definitely make a case for being essential, especially like in in your company's position. Like that is obviously like I would say essential. Um, so you know, like I, I have no problem with that. And I worked for Ferguson Plumbing before that, and they were also kind of the same thing, third party distributor for plumbing parts. 
And if they shut down, I mean, it's not only like customers, but all the contractors would would have to would have to close. You're not getting your air conditioning fixed without Ferguson and exactly. Johnstone. Like they're, it's not happening it's, because it, I would, you can't I would actually. Count it as essential. Yeah, yeah, it's essential. So and as many companies as like all these companies will do everything they can to try to make the case that they are essential because they're trying to stay open. Yeah, um, so the, and the it makes a lot of sense. The retail businesses which have been deemed essential include restaurant, grocery stores, laundromats, bookstores, any that sell kind of education materials, hardware stores, lawn and garden retailers, gas stations, beer, wine, and liquor retailers. So not really. I've been I was looking through the executive order to see like what has actually changed from where we are now to this executive order being signed, and the only thing that's really changed is the like kind of 10 person limit and yeah. I have more stringent kind of punishment laws. And well, that, that's, that's really point. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole point is like, we're going to, there's, they're basically enforcing it now. Like they're saying you will get charged with a misdemeanor if you're like, if you're violating these terms. Right? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to think that cops are going to start pulling over 10 they're million not. people. Of, yeah. course, of course not. No, yeah. it's not. It's not that widespread. It's not like, you know, you're going to have like cops on the street, like asking everybody has questions. has to be flagrant. Exactly. Flagrant. But the thing is, is like you say, hey, if you don't follow these rules, you're going to get a misdemeanor. People will stop going out as much. People will stay home. People won't get into giant groups of people. Hopefully. You know, that, then that's, that's what that's, they're hoping. For. That's the hope. Yeah. That's so that's for. the reason they do that. And before we hop off of this, I think one one sort of interesting slash funny thing about the uh, essential businesses. Um, so we were talking about the automobile industry, right? And a lot of a lot of dealerships are staying open because of their like service departments, right? Because, you know, somebody needs to repair their car so they can go wherever they need to go, right? Um, I learned from a friend yesterday that along with the service department staying open, the salespeople are still able to work. So you sales. can still sell cars. Hey, I like it. Which is totally essential, you know? I love it. Yeah, well, if the economy's down, might as well buy a you know, super expensive car, man. Well, you know what else is essential? Of course, the ABC store. Oh, I mean, man. God yeah. forbid Literally, the government closes the ABC like store. Like, the police department where they have, like, an FAQ for this whole thing, and I read through it and everything, they, like, verbatim point out, including liquor stores. Like, they Which had is just to say hilarious. It. They had to say it. It's, it's like, just, I think Don't worry, everybody. I think that's absolutely hilarious. Not because the fact that they're like, oh, everybody needs liquor. It's more of the fact that, oh, we can still collect tax revenue off of liquor. Well, also, I've heard that, like, apparently, like, liquor, beer, and wine sales are, like, crazy right now. Like, apparently, like, beer distributors and stuff like that, they're working, like, like a ton because there's so many people buying alcohol right now. What else are you going to do? Exactly. Well, that's the funny thing. Is it's like you're locked in your house. Uh, you know, God forbid you have to stay sober. <laughs> good, good for those you people. you got to pass the time somehow. And along with beer and liquor sales, gun sales are also through the roof. Gun and really? ammunition sales are through the roof, which has come to a kind of an interesting constitutional, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but a little, a little an interesting debate. Um, Los Angeles County Sheriff has started to close gun stores. And so the NRA and the Fire Firearms Policy Coalition have actually sued the Los Angeles County Sheriff Department for closing gun stores. And I mean, I think that, like I said, oh, that's actually against the Constitution. But the sheriff said that they closed because he received reports that they were not social distancing. Uh, and I find that to be interesting because when when does the government get to uh, close these gun stores, even though it's written explicitly in the Second Amendment that you can't be barred from? 
um, having a having a weapon essentially, well, okay, which I think is which I weapon, think is hilarious. Can you be barred from purchasing a weapon? Can you be barred? I don't from, think, I'm not. I'd have to read the Second Amendment, but I'm not sure if there's anything in there about purchasing. Well, so you uh, might be yeah, able to own it. Weird, but yeah, so sort thing. of. And like in this quote unquote time of crisis, right? Like a sheriff's department is like, oh, especially in California. Like I could totally see California being like, oh, you're violating social distancing. Yeah. You're closed. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see that happening, especially like somewhere. I could see that happening here. So in February, the internet retailer Amo.com reported that 300 they had an increase of 309% in revenue and 220% in transactions. So you know, we're all getting crazy. We're all getting those $1200 stimulus checks. Go out and buy yourself a gun. Yeah. I mean, modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah, it's not like anyone's using any of them. I don't I don't know. I like I I guess I don't personally I don't really see the logic behind getting a gun. I guess if you I guess if you were super super concerned and like like un, unreasonably concerned about the effects of this virus, right? And you like have property and like, you know that like these lockdowns and everything going on, if you look at the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Department, like the website, the website says like you can report online like different crimes that aren't like super emergencies. So like theft, like is one of the crimes you report through their website instead of calling the police. So it's because it's the police are trying to like reprioritize and social distancing and all that. So I guess if you were like super, super worried that somebody might like break into your house and try to steal stuff, maybe you want to defend your property. But like, I think, it, I think it's a little overkill if people are buying like a ton of guns. My, my take is it's not because of the virus, it's because of the government. It's because we're starting to see now, and we'll get into the stimulus package with the, which Senate just approved, is hopefully temporary government takeover oh, you mean of, you mean like just the government becoming too powerful becoming even in 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 this like expanding unemployment insurance and really stretching its arms to try and help people to try and help people i think yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. are concerned that those restrictions aren't going to go away when this is all said and done I mean, because i think it would be historically it would be one of the biggest failures of government if we shut down our economy just so that the government could take it over. Yeah. That would be one of the, I think one of the largest failures of I government. I don't in see history. it ever happening in this country. Um, well, when we look at a, when we look at a lot of um, socialist communist regimes, they grow and take over the most when the economy is in the, in the crapper, well, when sure. there's a lot of social fear, that's when people want, that's when capitalism essentially loses its appeal and people want something stable. And that's when you start to get oh, a, a greater enroachment of the government. So I, I get it. I understand why people are buying guns. Yeah. I, I mean, I, even I mean, when we look at 2008, when we look at 2008 and that recession and that crisis, a lot of people were buying guns. Because even when Obama started to come out and he started to say that, oh, we're going to start like increasing background checks um, and having greater restrictions, everybody went out and bought guns. I mean, it really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting little phenomenon. How that pattern goes. Yeah, it's an interesting little pattern of how that I goes. Think, I think it's a bit much. It's, I, think I, it's very, I get it, I man. I think it's extremely unreasonable, like, considering, like, who is in charge of the government right now and, like, the people in Congress. Like, there's no way that they would be able to, like, swing over to, like, some sort of, like, oh, the government's doing all this shit, and now they're going to keep doing it, you know? Well, I wish that I shared your level of ease. 
but I, I don't. I don't share your level of ease. Okay. You can, you can stay suspicious. I will, right? I will always be suspicious. <laughs> I will 100% always be suspicious. So in our giant stimulus package, $2 million was passed by the Senate for everyone. And then another $4 million was passed by um, the Fed. So $6 million in total, largest, largest stimulus, quote-unquote, bill in the entire history of the United States. Essentially, yeah. Um, so it's going to be about twelve hundred per person if you earn over under seventy five thousand dollars, and I think a little bit over that. The rules kind of change that you might still get a check, but you still have to pay it back in taxes. Um, five hundred dollars per child. They explain they expand unemployment insurance, and we're really starting to get kind of a European model, uh, which I don't want. Um, so hopefully that goes away when this is all over. Well, expl- I hope. Explain unemployment insurance real quick. You go unemployed. Really, 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 yeah, just no, no, just like, just just make it simple. You know, yeah, you, it's like employment just, with yeah. benefits. Essentially. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, essentially. That's that's yeah. So again, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't stick because it would be. I always think it's funny because people are like, oh yeah, getting twelve hundred dollars back. I'm like, oh yeah, great. You, you know, you you tax me twenty five percent, you give me two percent of it back, and then you call it stimulus. And I'm like, ah, stimulus. wonderful. Why didn't you just not take that money to begin with? And we would have been fine. So I always think that that's I think that that's kind of that's kind of funny. So thank you, government, for giving me some of my money back. Um, also, we need to all remember that money does not grow on trees. But our government loves Keynesian they're, economics. They're just, yeah, they're just like, hmm, where are we getting all this money? From? Uh, you know, I, it, don't know. I don't. You know, honestly, let's just make it up. I don't know either. Like, I, I guess it's borrowed from other countries and then borrowed on bonds and on debt. Where you get that much six money. trillion dollars from? Because people, we were talking about this a couple nights ago. People don't appreciate how much a trillion dollars is. Like, when someone says a trillion dollars, it's just a word. It's just a word to someone. Yeah, a, a trillion of anything is just unimaginable. Like oh, it I really know. is. It's, you it's cannot contemplate how big a trillion of something is. My my roommate and I did the math that if he let's say they took the two trillion dollars and they gave it to him, just exclusively <laughs> to him, yeah, two go. trillion dollars, he would have to spend. So he's twenty three right now, and let's say he lived to seventy five. Kind of an average kind of life expectancy. He would have to spend $11 million a day to get through it. $11 million a day. That's insane. I I can't, I mean, I couldn't fathom try, I, I mean, trying to spend $11 million. I guess we have like, a, you know, 300 plus million people in the country. Yeah, like 350 million plus. And then we also have tons and tons. I don't even know how many businesses. Because I, I think a decent amount of this is going to businesses. Yeah, like small business loans. Um but still, I just think a trillion it is, is an insane wow. amount of money. And, and our budget is just, just pulling it out of nowhere. Yeah, and our budget's only like four trillion. I know. And so they're gonna pull like, six oh, trillion. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, this is this we is the time that. because Keynesian economics can work when after the crisis is over, you ramp down on spending. But that never happens. That's no, never we happened. Like, we like spending. We love spending, and everybody then everybody spends. Everybody spends. And what's been interesting to see. And I'm not too surprised by this, but different the Republicans have come up with this essentially. So Democrats have tried to quote unquote sneak stuff in, and people are losing their minds over this. You shouldn't get like too surprised. Politicians do this all the time. It's just funny. Well, a lot of it's like self interest too. Yes, right? this happens all the time with bills. Like a bill will get passed, and there will be stuff in it that doesn't even have to do with 
the original why it was passed. Like, hey, by uh, the way. By the way. So uh, Mr. McSenator over here gets an extra two million dollars. Yes, yes, that's that's that happens a lot. Fine it, it's sad, but that's that's how you like negotiate. You negotiate stuff into the bill oh, so it gets passed so with dumb. other stuff, right? So I, the problem is with this one, I don't understand why Democrats would try that here because of course Republicans are going to publicize that. And if it was on the, oh, the shoe, sneak yeah, in. and if the shoe was on the other foot, and Re- Democrats came up with the bill and Republicans tried to sneak stuff in, I'd be like, yeah, like what what are you guys doing? Like I'm not that's that's ridiculous. So some of the things that were snuck into here was like thirty five million dollars for the Kennedy Center of Performing Arts. Great. That has something to do with coronavirus. A lot of of millions for performing arts. And it was already passed. This bill was passed and they already included eleven million dollars for fine arts, which is interesting because that's exactly what happened under the New Deal. They had a writers program essentially in which the government paid writers to write poetry, I don't really. I'm not a big fan. You have a different take because you're like of the fine arts. I could really care less about okay you funding say that. government you say, funding of the fine arts. You say that government but funding. But then of the fine we go arts. to Austria, where the entire city is a piece of art, okay. and you are in love, and you were like, "This is the greatest city ever. America sucks. America's ugly." And then so don't act like you're against the government helping to pay for fine arts. Because that's how See, that's, that's, that's what produces culture. That's what produces culture. But the government doesn't have to do that. The government doesn't have to produce culture. What do you think's happened for like hundreds of like thousands of years? Okay, those the government supports fine yeah, arts. Austria would not look that way if the government was not helping. But they also had a monarchy. Like that's way okay. different than what we have. So what do you mean? So the monarchy funds it. We can also fund it. The system of government should be supporting fine arts for their country because it creates culture and, like, you know, people will come to America and be like, wow, these people created some cool stuff. So, I'm sorry, NASA? NASA? Okay, NASA, are you telling me NASA's part of the fine arts? No, no, it's not fine arts, but it's another, like, similar comparison. That's fine, I'm fine with NASA. America did this crazy thing. That's fine We went to the moon. I'm fine with We do all this crazy space stuff. That's fine. And it's cool. That's fine. I'm down with that. That's right. But if the government's going to start... innovation and, like, get it, like, doing crazy things that no one's done before. Okay, someone painting a picture of innovation. It was at some point. (laughs) It was at some point. Okay, and I'm not, like, that's the thing, is, like... But also, at the same time, like, we don't have to go to space, right? Like, technically, we could just chill on Earth and be fine, right? But we pump millions and millions a year into NASA. Well, NASA also comes out with, like, so many military and scientific breakthroughs okay, that's and technologies. Why. But it's also, like, us going to the moon was definitely just a look at us for America flex. Oh, Which is yeah. the same thing as, like, art and architecture. Okay, and I don't know about that Yes, part. because you go to Europe and then we're like, oh, we're European City A, we're European City B, look at us and all our cool stuff. It's because pumping money into, like, creating culture and creating, like, essentially, like, fine arts makes you But they good. uniformed their architecture. A little different than someone just painting a picture. I mean, sure. We're but- not uniforming our architecture here in the United States. I know, but that, but that's also like that's also part of the United States too is not being uniform, right? Yeah, like our buildings are we're ugly. the melting pot. I guess our buildings we are have ugly. crappy buildings. We, we do have nice buildings. We have great great nature, great wonderful nature, but our buildings are gross. Yes, yes, our buildings. are That's gross. what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with the government supporting fine arts, in my opinion. There's if nothing, the government wants okay. America to look nice and like be a cool place to hang out. <laughs> a cool then, place to hang then, out. And like, I, dude, I'm down. I want some nice buildings. 
So again, this is absolutely nothing new. The government loves to a little sneak sneak some provisions in there. Um, maybe this wasn't the best time, but I guess you can determine that for. I think yourself. it's funny because like the whole this whole stimulus thing of like you know unemployment insurance and like you know the government basically pulling money out of nowhere to give to people and stuff like that. Like this is like I I don't want to like I don't want to speak for anybody, but this seems like a Democrat's dream. Um, oh yeah, because it starts everyone down the path of like. Wow, the government provides all this? Right. Yay, big government. Yeah. So it's like, this seems like the Democrats' dream, so it's like, why are you guys trying to sneak more stuff in there? Like, no, it's you guys true. should just be happy that the, everyone's on your side. You when know? competition goes down, capitalism loses a lot of its appeal. And when we have crises like this, socialism and increased government takeover look a lot better. Yeah. So I'm, I totally understand that. I totally understand that. I don't like it. Um, but I, I, I completely understand. So... What happened in the Senate was it was passed unanimously, and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, how could you pass this unanimously, but then fight 2008 bailouts so vigorously? Um, vigorously is in, like, the Republicans were not stonewalling right? and, and not really about it. And the economist, the economist kind of says this, too. And I wanted, I wanted to remind everyone that what we're facing right here is what economists like to call an externality, which is an external kind of cost or benefit that affects a third party who did not incur or cause the cost or benefit. So you pouring, let's say a polluter pours toxic waste down a stream and it affects someone's crops who are also down downstream, essentially. That's mm -hmm. a negative externality. Like okay. the farmer did not there's no cost associated with that. It's hard to like it's sue to anyone. Quantify, yeah, it's right? hard to quantify that damage. And so that's what this is. This is an externality. I want to remind everyone that 2008 was not an externality. Not at all. 2008, a lot of people like to think that 2008 was caused by like businesses. Businesses creating subprime loans and giving them to people full knowing that they weren't going to be able to pay them back. And it was the bank's fault for 2008. I'd like to remind everyone that we do not live in the world of the big short. Uh, if you saw that movie, it, I, it's wrong. Well, I, it, it is right. It is correct on the business side. It is wrong when it tries to diagnose what happened. Because what happened was the, the government happened and then businesses decided to respond. So essentially what happens is Fannie, Fray, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, um, which is the Federal National Mortgage Association, which is kind of like a company, but shares, gets some government benefits in there and gets some kind of exclusive rights into the mortgage market. Got in bed with the government in the 90s. And Clinton at that time period basically said that he wanted to raise home ownership from 64% to 70% by 2000. Not really sure why that's a thing, but essentially around the time period, people were saying, oh, well, having a house is a fundamental right. And I don't agree with that. A fundamental right. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's right. Owning, life, life, owning life, a home. Liberty property, bro. It's owning a home. So I was like, you, you can have property and owning a home is still not like some sort of right. That doesn't make sense to oh, me. Okay, fair, fair. Um, but the only way to basically meet that goal was for these government-sponsored enterprises to lower their lending standards. Because we were sitting at 64% home ownership and that was like of all the qualified applicants. Like those are the qualified people to have loans. So the government's like, we're gonna increase that. And the banks are like, all right, cool. We're gonna lower our standards. And essentially what we get is after Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac pull out in like 2007, the crashes because now there's no more government 
backing of these subprime loans, yep. which were given to people who couldn't pay it back. And nobody can pay it. That you yeah. can't pay it back. And yeah. that's what happened in 2008. So I don't blame the businesses. I blame the government. And I totally get why Republicans stonewalled that stuff because that was ridiculous. And the fact that the banks knew that the government was going to bail them out also increased the problem. They, they just knew oh, it. Because, yeah, they just they, they didn't have to worry, essentially. Yeah, and they right? did. They didn't have to worry. They didn't have to worry that it was, was not going to bail them out. And they knew it was going to bail them out, and they did. So that is a quick rundown of what happened in 2008. So it's a little the, different. The coronavirus and then the 2008 stimulus bill, two very different things. Yeah, no, you, two very different I, I think you're right saying that, like, the this whole the, the situation we have now is an externality. Um, because I guess you what well, you would consider like the coronavirus a third party entity, right? That's incurring yeah. a cost. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't really quantify that cost. Any any virus like that, I mean, no one really you can't. It's no one's fault. Um, exactly. Like it just happened. Yeah, right? it's like kind of like carbon well, emissions. It's, it's, some, some people say it was the U.S. Army. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> some people, the CCP. Wow, look at you, nice dude. Nice job, U.S. Army. Nice job, U.S. Army. Giving <laughs> giving everyone oh viruses. God. Specifically the Chinese, though. Specifically the Chinese. That's yes. what happened. That's what happened. We specifically gave them and the virus. And they came back and bit us in the butt. Ah, oh, damn it, Darn U.S. It. Army. It's Didn't not like viruses can be created on their own or anything. No, it's not like viruses can be created by eating penguins and bats. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, that's, that doesn't happen. Nope. That doesn't happen. Nope, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't work like that at all. Stop eating penguins. This is not hard. Wait, it's somebody, this is, not, is yeah. that actually yes. a thing? Yes, yes. Wait, So wait. there are these Chinese wet markets. Okay. That's what they're called. And we have been saying for years that they need to close, that they're just, they're a disease-ridden, and these are where all these, these viruses are, like, coming from. And... It's literally from bats and penguins. People are eating bats and okay, penguins. Okay, I knew bats were bad. Yeah. I didn't know penguins were Yeah, bad. dude. You don't eat penguins. I mean, you should just leave penguins alone, you know? They're so <laughs> cute. Like, don't don't kill the penguins. Don't eat them. Well, it's surprising that most like, penguin species... For, most like, penguin, penguin species are in, like, warmer weather. I went to the Galapagos really? and I saw penguins and I was blown away. I did not know that. That's blown cool. away. Absolutely blown away. There's only, like, a couple species that are in cold weather. Like the emperor, the mac, the macaroon, the yeah. king, like the famous one. Yeah, yeah, the famous one where you watch the what? What was the what was that documentary that everybody cried? Oh, oh, in like 2010. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The famous ones, the famous ones. But most are most are like in warm water. Just so don't regular, eat penguins. Regular penguins that are getting chopped just, up and uh, spreading viruses. Just stop eating. Oh my god. Just stop. <laughs> just stop eating penguins. So going going from that. Um, more maybe heavier subject. I think that was a lot of fun. We'll do some do's and we'll do some do's and don'ts for the day. Some do's and don'ts today. So I only got one do, and that is that is do watch out for this one hundred and one year old Italian man who, according to the New York Post, his name is Mr. P, was hospitalized with Corona COVID nineteen, and then was later released. And it's worth noting that he was born during the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu epidemic. So World War One didn't kill him. World War Two didn't kill him. Spanish flu won't kill him. Coronavirus no, isn't going to kill him. He's 101. H1N1 didn't did kill him. I yeah. mean, he Jesus. He didn't die at 101. That's, that's insane. Yeah, good, he, good he for is, that guy. He's cheating death. Yeah, I mean, he's cheating death a lot. So good for him. That's good, pretty cool. Good for that guy. What, uh, whatever he's eating, I want to know. What, why, what vitamins is he taking? <laughs> what multivitamins is he on? <laughs> What's, what essential oils is he having? Is he having enough essential oils? Yo, yeah, time? we need to get the information here. We need to figure out how he's living this long and not dying. So a couple do nots for the day, just two so far. I came up with a new article um, today, essentially. And 
It is on student debt. And I've become incredibly annoyed by people asking to have their student loans forgiven. So the title of my article was essentially student asking for your student loan debt to be forgiven is moral. And our founders knew that. And they 100% did. And I really hate it when our generation occurs a cost, which is a actual decision to go to college and to take out debt. Okay, yeah. And then asking it other is an people. Decision. Right. And then asking other people to pay for that debt, pay for your decision, essentially. And yeah. I hate that. I really hate that because I think our generation seems to think, and we were talking about this earlier when we were like, oh, six trillion dollars. Like, wh- where are you getting that money from? When the government decides to pay for something, they don't like create it out of thin air. We'd like to, I think some people just, again, we look at a trillion dollars and we're like, oh, that's just a number. You can't quantify. You can't quantify that. So you don't really wrap your head around how much money that is or where it comes from. You just think it's made out of thin air and it's not. It A lot of it comes from people's taxes. So to think that you made an active decision to take out a debt and then somebody else needs to pay for that debt is ridiculous. And our founders absolutely knew that. So James Madison writes in Federalist 10 that the abolition of debt is improper or wicked. So I think that that, that, that sums it up uh, quite well right there. And that's no, not to, no, the founders, yeah, didn't see it that way. No, and that's not to say that all the founders thought that all debt was bad. I mean, Hamilton argued that a national debt, if it's not excessive, will be used as a national blessing. And there's really no like powerful modern society that is able to exist without the extension of credit. So sure. we knew that being able to extend debt and take out debt was smart and we needed it. Now, the, the not excessive part is a pretty big deal. And I think our founders would be quite yeah, appalled with excessive. the debt we have now. I so I think they'd be pretty appalled by that. And I think they'd be even more appalled by the idea that somebody else is now going to pay for your debt. Yeah, for like either waive it or somebody pays for it. Instead, yeah, somebody pays right? for it. It's yeah, it's 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 interesting because you like you try to you think about it from the other side, like the person that feels victimized because they have student loans and it's tough because you you look at it and it's like, "Oh, like these these uh these schools are like bait, like you could make the argument that they're robbing people blind, right? Like they keep increasing tuition costs right. and like they don't show all the books behind it, right? And like I don't I can't speak for like other people, but at least for Chapel Hill, we would joke about it a lot. Um, but it would be interesting to look at the books, right? Because Chapel Hill, as you know, is a huge basketball school. Even our football program is is really big, right? And we generate millions from our sports, right? And a lot of that gets fed back into the sports programs for marketing or, you know, all the, all these costs that they incur. Um, but then, you know, we would always joke as like regular students were like, okay, so like the basketball players, like they get like the nicest facilities, they get all this like special treatment and stuff like that, of course, because they're generating all this money. Right. But for us, it's like, but we still have to pay like an arm and a leg to go here. And it's like, so why can't like the university like take some of that money and like, Hey, like instead of us paying for like, you know, the renovation of the gym or like the student union, why can't they take some athletics money and do that? And it's like, I mean, you know, from that perspective, it it seems unfair because it's like, oh, you know, we're we're paying all this money and then we're going to have to pay it back at some point. And it just seems like it seems too much. You know, it seems it seems as though we're paying way more than we should for the education we're getting. But 
when you're not looking at like the big picture and you don't know the books behind it, you don't really like, you can't really understand how much the, um, the school is paying for everything. Um, but I get it from one perspective where it feels like I'm incurring the student debt and in order to be like a doctor or something. And like, I'm in school for all this time and I won't pay off these loans until I'm like 50 or 60. Like, and that attitude, that, that, that feeling sucks. So if I had any opportunity for someone to help pay that, like, especially from that perspective where it feels like I'm just drowning in it, then I would be like, I would be, I would be like, great. Like if somebody wants to pay for it, but of course asking for somebody to pay for it and then not paying for it yourself. I mean, it, it, the other side is like, it is irresponsible. And it's worth noting that the reason that college is so expensive. So I see your point. I think there's a lot of misconceptions with colleges. One, I think students believe that colleges should only be out, be this altruistic institution that should be there for their like best interest. And I think that's ridiculous. Colleges are obviously looking to make a profit and make money. That's it's a business. Yeah. Obviously, it's like any other business. Even public school, even a public school is right. a business. So people tend to think that colleges are somehow different. And that's ridiculous because, so again, when I worked for Ferguson, to get a contractor's license to be able to work in HVAC, home heating and air, is expensive. And it's a lot of time that you have to spend on classes. No one was asking for that to get paid for. And that's essentially what colleges are. Yeah. They pass out a certification for time spent, essentially. Yes. And meeting the requirements. That's it's, what colleges it's are. Like, it's an elaborate certification. Right. And so believing that that is somehow different than every other industry that existed is ridiculous. But I find that our generation and some of the millennials believe that colleges is somehow like a right. And I think that's, I think that's ridiculous. And yeah. the reason that colleges are so expensive is because people think it's a right. And because there is a huge demand for college because everyone wants to go to college and a limited supply, which are the colleges, and that's why prices have had it's to just skyrocket. Supply like and demand. Eight, yeah. Like eight times the normal wage. It's, it's crazy. It is. Yeah, it's a it simple is. supply and demand. And the federal, the government has not helped, in my opinion, by providing federal student loans because the problem is, if a, let's say a bank gave a federal student loan. A bank would say, because banks do this all the time with small businesses, the bank would say, okay, here's a loan. How are I want to see your plan for paying it off? Like I don't want to give you a hundred thousand dollars and then you go to I, I don't know um, Arizona and graduate with a fine arts major and you don't know what you're going to do to pay off that debt. Mm -hmm. No, I, I would like it if you were to do a trade essentially or a doctor or chemist or something that I can see that you're going to be able to pay this debt Providing off. Providing use. Yes, where yeah. or at least again some insurance to say that you're going to pay your debt off. Where the well, federal so, government hey, is just fine arts. Government loves fine arts. Man. Yeah, we, yeah. We were just talking about it. We were just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, but I get your. I get. What you're unfortunately, I think that's part of the problem because the federal government would yeah, just say, you "Here's your money," point. and have fun essentially. Yeah, so like, there's like they don't really care. Like it's just as long as you pay them back, even if it takes you your entire life. Essentially, and so um, that's why people, which are, is a really crappy position to be in. Yeah, but. I think students have made a conscious decision to to be that way. and That is a fair argument. To yeah. be asking somebody else to pay off your decision and your debt, I think is immoral. Sure. I think it's, well, I think it's really immoral. Yeah. 
No, I, I mean, you do make a, you do make a good point that, um, like you do make an active decision, right? It's not like anyone's forcing you to go to college. Right. And of, of course there's a lot of industries out there where it feels like you have to go. And that's where this attitude comes from is it's like, in order to even get a job in the profession I want, I need a college degree. Cause a lot of companies are like, they'll look at the top of your resume. And if you don't have a college degree on there and you don't have like an X GPA for like right out of college, right. Um, they will, they will be like, Oh, see ya, you know? So that's, that's where this attitude comes from where yeah. it's like college is not a, a quote unquote, right. Is because it's like, I need a degree in order to make it anywhere. Um, which like to a, to a sense and in some industries I'm search worse than others. I agree, but I do like your perspective on, it is an active decision to go to whatever college you're going to and to pay that money. Right. So you're signing on to paying all this money somehow, some way. Um, and if you want to pay less, community college is an option, right? Um, just, I mean, it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it's a lot cheaper. And it's a, it's a, a solution that a lot of people do, um, even partially community college and then going to a full university at some point. Um, and at least from my perspective in the tech industry, I know I work with a lot of people that didn't even go to college, um, that were either self-taught or got certifications or went through programs. But there's a lot of ways, at least tech wise, that you can essentially either teach yourself or learn without going to a four year university and still get a full time job and still become successful. Um, and I, I can't say the same for every industry, but the hope is that, you know, it, it, the capitalist nature of it. Right. The college is a business. If college gets too expensive, but then all these other places are like, hey, you can get certified to do this. You can get certified to do that. You can learn this trade and you can make a really good living. The trades are exploding now because less exactly. people want to go. And, and, I, and less people are going, right. the college tuition drops. Yeah. And so that's that's essentially how it's going to have to go. But that's the thing is there's a huge market for these like companies that can be like, hey, you can't pay for college. Well, you can do you can pay us like, you know, an eighth or like a tenth of what you paid for college. Yeah. And we can guarantee that you'll get a full time job. Essentially. I mean, I worked with. HVAC contractors that didn't have a college education, maybe they had a high school, but earned more money than I ever will. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really, from trade. because it's they a real skill. They learned a skill, they learned a trade, and they built a business. And it yep. was, I mean, it, I mean, it was just hilarious because they knew all the salespeople inside Ferguson, and they just walk in, and it'd be funny, but they just walk in. I mean, they just kind of beat up, you know, the regular contractor, like beat up shorts, like a tank top. And he'd just drive away in a Lamborghini. And I was like, what the hell? And then <laughs> and the sales guys would be like, yeah, he he owned a business. And now he flips houses. And and he builds his own houses and sells them. So yeah. he makes millions of dollars. Yeah. So, and, and I'm like, and you that, know, what? you deserve no, not, it. Not everyone can do that. But like the, it's fact, possible. the fact that it's possible means that, you know, this whole attitude of like, I need to go to college isn't necessarily true. And I, I'm also, this is a personal thing, but I'm also a very firm believer in like everyone, everyone basically is like, oh, you know, you have a path in life, right? You have like one, one passion and you should chase that passion. And that should be your career. I, I'm, I personally believe that you can have a ton of different careers. Like, and, oh yeah. And at the end of the day, like, of course you choose one, but I think there's a ton of possibilities. Like I think everyone excels at multiple things and, you know, just because, you know, you want to go to college and you want to major in something like art studies, right? Because you want to become an artist, right? I, I get it. And if like you really, really feel like that's the thing you need to do and you're okay with the fact that you're probably going to 
like assume a, a lot of loans and you're going to have a tough life because you're probably not going to be making very much money. Like that's understandable. But then also keep in mind, I can be an artist, but I can also learn a trade, right? I can also, I can pursue another career that keeps me financially stable um, while still being able to pursue like a passion like that. Yeah. And I'm a little, I'm a little bit, so you went to school, you were computer science major and now you're basically working in computer science, Yeah, which is great. I went to school and I was a history major and now I'm working for a car like company. And I knew that when I picked the history career, I was like, all right, this is going to be fun. Like I really enjoy studying history. I'm going to enjoy my time here at college. But when like junior, senior year hits, I got to look for a job and it's going to be hard. Like it's not going to be easy. And it wasn't, it was definitely not easy, but I worked it out. I found a job, found a first job and here I am. So not, I didn't have any misconceptions. I wasn't going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go work in history and make a lot of money. No, like, no, no I'm not. Yeah, um, as, long as, you're, as long as you're realistic about it. Yes. And then as long as you understand, like, your first couple jobs, honestly, at the end of the day, they're not going to matter. Um, your first couple jobs are like a stepping stone to prove that you can learn, to prove that you can do good work. And then you can actually, you know, basically, as you get older, you start narrowing down your actual career. Hey, my uncle gave me some great advice once, and that's no one's going to trust you with, like, real money and real responsibility until you're, like, in your 30s. Like, no one's – he works as a <laughs> – so he worked as a broker, and I know it was hard for him being young because there's a huge – when you want a broker, you just want someone that's older because you just think that because you're older. Yeah, because you're yeah. older, you're somehow more trustworthy or more experienced. Well, especially if you're, like, a right, broker or a salesman right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so you, you pretty much have to be older. Um, which I always think is, I always think it's kind of funny how people just assume that because you're older, you're somehow better at the job. That's really, I mean, that's not true. I've met some brilliant brokers who are young and like hardly getting any business just because people don't trust them. Exactly. So I always think that that's kind of funny. So moving on to our last little don't of the week. Um, Last week, Biden was a key, uh, Biden, uh, we haven't heard about Joe Biden in actually a really long time. Uh, politics has well, been kind of put to the side. A back seat. Yeah. Yes, it's really been put, put to the side, which is not, in my opinion, not good for the Democrats. Um, the more the Trump is out there with the helping with the disease is definitely not good for um, the next the next presidential nominee from the Democrats. So Biden last week was accused by Tara Reid, who said she was previously worked as a staffer for Biden when he was a senator in the early 90s. She claimed that he that she was delivering a gym bag to Biden when he pushed her up against the wall and put his hands all over her, including under her clothes. She claimed Biden penetrated her with his fingers and kissed her. So the reason I find this interesting is because I've talked about this in the past. And this was, I mean, this is, this has, this had Kavanaugh written all over it. So I want to make a few comments with it. Kate Benefield, Biden's deputy manager said uh, in to, to Fox News that the allegations against Biden's were false, um, which is interesting because Biden in the, um, in the past was a huge proponent of Assuming that women were believing the truth, basically saying that, quote unquote, we have to assume when Anita Hill was accusing Clarence Thomas in the 90s that Biden said he thought that Hill was telling the truth from the beginning. And he later goes on to say, for a woman to come forward in the glaring light to focus nationally, you have to you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she's talking about is real whether or not she forgot the facts whether or not it's been 
made worse or better over time, but nobody fails to understand that this is like jumping into a cauldron. So that can all be true. And I can also just not assume that what you're telling is the immediate truth. And what I wanted to talk about is there's a difference between the truth with lowercase t and the truth with the capital T. And I'm not, and I don't want to, I'm not saying that this woman, that what happened to her is, didn't happen. It could have. It definitely, exactly. it definitely could have. But I'm not just going to assume and presume and presume what Biden said that the essence, quote unquote, of what she's telling is true. And I always think this is funny because we had under the under Kavanaugh and under Anita Hill, all these Democrats and other politicians saying, oh, well, believe all women, essentially. But when the shoe's on the other foot and they get accused, it's like, believe all women, but not her. Don't believe her. So I always it's, find that well, to be it's ironic. Slightly, it's slightly hypocritical. And I think it's it's tough because it, it, it's all it's all about the wording, um, at least from my perspective on it. Because like the quote you just read from Joe Biden, um, a lot of it, at least in my opinion, a lot of it does have truth. Like I would say, like, uh, and of course it's hard for us to talk about this because we come from a completely different background. Like we're both white males. We don't, we're not women. So it's, it's hard to like be in that perspective, but like the point where he said, it's like jumping into a cauldron, like people that come out about this stuff definitely are scrutinized and under attack, right? Because they're just trying their best to prove what their claim is true. Um, I do agree with what you said about, you know, it's, it's, it's in our constitution. It's our government innocent until proven guilty. Right. Um, that's very important, but I do, I, I think it, it's interesting because the way the campaign manager put it where like the, I think you have the quote right here. Women have the right to tell their story and reporters have an obligation to rigorously vet those claims. We encourage them to do so because he's accused, but we encourage them to do so because these accusations are false. I think that sentiment isn't a bad thing. Like, I, I think her saying that actually is, like, a, a good way to put it. And it's basically, like, you know, like, if, like, this 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 woman that's making these claims has every right to do so, right? She right. Has, she has, she can press, she can press charges. She can do what she needs to do to, like, you know, fo like, follow her justice, right? And then she was also, like, reporters have an obligation to dig into this stuff and, like, you know, get get into like the history of it, get into Biden's history and like figure out if this actually happened or not. Right. right? So everyone has a right to investigate. Yep. And like, I totally agree with that. Um, and then and then you're right. And then she's like confidently saying these accusations are false. So if you're in that position and you're being attacked, I think that's the best. I think he and like the campaign manager and that entire group put them in the best position of like, you know, she has every right to do this. And like everyone has every right to investigate on this stuff. And then them just confidently say, like, you can investigate all you want, but it's not true. And like, you know, essentially it's just like, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And so I, I think they position themselves in the best position, like the best way possible. I want as many women to come forward as possibly can. That that doesn't mean that we're not gonna vet every single one of those claims. Well, they have no, you need like evidence needs to be Exactly. Shown. Exactly. And like I like I agree. I totally support. Like, like I I don't know. It it it's a personal thing, but it just like it really just crawls underneath my skin when I think of like people in power taking advantage of people underneath them, um, in yeah. like any way. And I think it's like despicable. And yeah, I, I agree. I'm a, like yeah, and I think we're on the same page. where like we agree it's a good thing that um, people can come out and like talk about it now. 
Um, and some people have actually been charged with sexual assault. And been Look at Harvey Weinstein. With, exactly. So there are people that are going under fire and like getting the justice that they, they deserve yeah. for what they did. Might have been a little, is, a little late, but it's still happened. But it's happened. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like it sucks that it didn't happen in the moment. Right. Um, but it's good that it's finally happening now and justice is being served. Um, and so that's the thing is, is like if you're under this attack, the best thing you can do, I think, is what they did. Um, where it's like, you know, she has every right to do this. You can investigate all you want, like ask all the questions you want. Um, but we know this isn't true. Um, and so they're setting themselves in a good position, but then I don't know, but that's the thing is, is like, you're saying like they're being hypocritical for like being like, believe all women. But then, like you said, believe all women except this one. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, when you put it that way, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, that they're like being that hypocritical, but also the way they're spinning it and the way they're wording it and their position on it. I don't think they're saying don't believe her. Like, I think it's more of just like believe her and try to find the evidence. But we know it's false and all the evidence you will come across will point towards it's false. Well, they're not saying believe her. They're saying it's false. You can go investigate. They're not yeah, saying believe her. But yeah, I guess it's tricky because like, you know, I guess the dem the general democratic position is like we... You know, like we believe all the women that come out with these accusations. Right. Um, and I think it's I think it's good to take the accusation seriously. And I think it's good to investigate them. Yeah. Um, but of course, they're not they're going to take that like they're not only going to mean that so far. Right. Because once well, they're until under, they. Yeah, exactly. Right, once exactly. they're under attack, they're once not going to they be like 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 different situation. Hypothetical. Right. Democratic guy. Um, never did anything wrong. But he has like a false accusation on him. He's not going to be like, oh, believe her. You know? Or believe the, or we should start with the presumption that what she's telling is true. Like, well, hold on a second. So, so even if we take Joe Biden's quote when he's like, we need to start with the presumption that she's telling the truth, the essence of what she's saying is true. Then I'd be like, all right, all right, Joe, like, let's take that to this accusation. Are, are you saying that the essence of what she's telling is true, that you did sexually assault her? Like, I guess, and he'd yeah, be like, no, so he'd be like, no, no, no. His position. Yeah. So I guess you're right. In that way, he would have to be like. Hmm. Did I actually do this? Like, I have to think about it. Now. Yeah. I like, mean, that's I, 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 like, I have to assume that I did it. Right. And, and so that, now I have to dig up evidence. And that goes back to even, so it's tricky. If you remember back to Michael Avenatti and if you remember Michael Avenatti, he was an American kind of attorney. Well, now he's a convicted felon because he tried to extort Mike Nike for like millions of dollars. And he represented the, um, he re represented Stormy Daniel Daniels, who was in the lawsuit against Donald Trump. And it's worth noting that he also, Represented Julie Swetnick, who accused Kavanaugh of um, sexual assault and rape. And he said that in, he basically said that it was impossible that those women against the Kavanaugh case were lying. And then his girlfriend accuses him of hitting her, and he's like, that's false. That's wrong. And I'm like, all right, come on. Like, believe yeah. all women. Well, that's the thing. When except this one. Well, exactly. But that's the thing is, it's like, it's tricky coming from a male perspective because from our, like a perspective like that, where you are defending the women, right. Especially in his case too, where he's the attorney, yeah. like you are defending the women. So you're like, these people are right. Of course. Cause you're defending them. And yeah, but like, that's circumstantial your job. Well, like, that's a little circumstantial. Sure. And like, that's the thing is it's like, like I personally want to assume that all these accusations are true. Um, are they actually true? We don't know until we have evidence. Yeah. I want to um, live in a world and we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of get us a couple of closing little comments here. My thing is, I want to live in a world because I debated a guy 
And he kind of talked about this. I talked about Kavanaugh and he had a video and he mentioned this. And he's like, well, you know, if I told you I went to the bathroom, I actually did. So, like, what's that's the truth. And my response to that would be, I would like to live in a world in which I can trust that what you're saying is correct. That stuff like that, if if you, if Parker Bonner sitting across from me was like, I drank coffee this morning. I'm like, all right, sure. Like, I don't want to actually start, like, investigating that. That's not really a world I want to live in. Yeah. But if I accuse Parker Bonner of going out back and beating his dog, like, okay, now that's a little heavier and I should have to have some evidence to back that up. And I would assume that Parker would want that, not just believing me that or the society believing me that Parker goes out back and beats dogs. Yeah. So I, well, I think that's the general attitude yeah. of it though. Yeah. Like I think it's like take these take any accusation, like any criminal accusation, especially a sexual criminal criminal accusation like this, seriously. And like, you know, like actually consider it, do the criminal investigation behind it. But of course, at the end of the day, like you need evidence, right? Right, because you need to not only protect the people that were victims, but also protect the people that are like the quote unquote attackers, right? Because the accused, the yeah, the accused, and like the the issue is, is it's like it's so tricky because like all of this, like it's such a it's such a sensitive topic, and it's such like a damaging topic, and it's like you don't want these people that were victims to like never see justice. Because the people that, the you know, the accused that are actually guilty should receive justice. But then you also don't want people to be falsely accused. Yeah, so what do you want? Do you want more? Because I was thinking about this this morning when I was actually writing this. I was like, ah, do I want to live in a society in which more guilty people go free and less innocent people go to jail or the other way around? That's yeah. it. I, I, I haven't determined it's, it's which so one tough, I want. Yeah, it's like it's, you don't want it either way. Like you want, yeah. you want the evidence to come out on the right. guilty people and you want them to be you know, serve with justice. Right. And you want the innocent people to go free. Right. But it's then, hard. It's hard. But not even like within the scope of like sexual assault, like in the scope of just I've, in general, I forgot where I read this from, but it's like, they're like, and I guess it's almost unavoidable, but there are innocent people that have been served jail time. Right. right. Like, and that's, that's like the crappiest thing. And yeah. it's like, people have been falsely accused yeah. in a lot of different ways. And it's just like, it's, it's like, that's terrible. Like just it imagine is. being an innocent person and then you having to like, do someone's punishment. Yeah. And so it's interesting because I don't want to, that's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I don't want to, I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying the general idea that like, if innocent people go to jail, then we should just scratch the entire system. Like, well, okay. Like I can also like, unfortunately accept that in this system, we will get it wrong. And while it's terrible and awful, some innocent people will go to jail. Yeah. It really sucks. Really. Yeah. We have a system and I believe that we do have a very good system of vetting starting with the presumption that gets as of, close to as accurate yes, as possible yes. right and I, yeah and at the end of the day like i guess at least personally i like i can i can kind of rest easy and like even if like some like even if we do make mistakes and some bad people get away i like to think you know in my mind it's like you know like as much like punishment and condemnation that we can do here you do like like at some point Johnny Cash, God's gonna cut you. God's gonna cut you down. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I, I like to think about it that way. Is it's like even if you don't believe in God, like you know, karma or something like that, like you know, it'll it'll come back to you at some point. What's that Putin quote when he was talking about um, ISIS when they attacked Russia? He was like, "It's God's God's place to judge. It's my job to send him to him." And I was like, "Yeah, oh, Putin." No. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this I guy." I, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, but, that was funny. That was the, that at was the end funny. of the day. The way I see it is like, if a guilty person doesn't messed up stuff their entire life and never gets punished for it, like. 
you'll get punished for it at some point. Yeah, you know? and that's that's the that's the difference between. That's what makes me rest easy. Yeah, that's that's very that's good. That's like, a good. We do Christian. the best. We do the best we can, right. but at the end of the day, it's not our job. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, uh, sort of right because I take the I take the point that God can God can condemn right. We, he is the only one that can say you're going to heaven or hell, but we can sure as hell like send them to him. I mean, we can. I mean, we can. Now, all right, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of different that's a big argument, big topic. That's but I totally. Topic. That's why people was like, "Oh, you, you can't judge. You're a Christian." I'm like, no, well, I can. Uh, not the same way. Not the same judging that God can judge. Um, but I always, I always think that that's, I always think that that's kind of a funny, a funny yeah. argument to have. That's, that's, a, that's an interesting argument to have. Yeah, I was, I was, because there, I think there are a lot of Christians out there who are like, "Oh, you can't judge." I'm like, mm, well. Yeah, I can't. Oh, <laughs> Jesus was a huge judger. He judged a lot of people. Yeah, so, I mean, oh, you, no, yes, he did. He turned over the tables, uh, the money collector tables, judging those people. I mean, come on, big judger, big judger. But also, he is the son of God. He is God. Well, he is God. That's a good point. So he is God. He can judge and be like, "This is wrong. The church should not be collecting money." But like, uh, okay, diff- different topic. Different topic. Different topic. For look at you topic. hitting me with the "He is God." I like that. I like that, dude. I like that. All right. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this episode of Drawing the Line. Um, if you want to check out my new article, that'll be out on Facebook and our um, and our blog, essentially. So, which is the Weekly Z? God, I almost forgot to weeklyz.com. Plug that one. Read a the long articles. Time. I haven't plugged that. I haven't plugged that in a while. So, if you like this episode, smash that like button, fam. That we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> or li- leave a. Leave a comment. Only positive comments are allowed. Yes. Uh, five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. And if you leave a one-star, you should definitely tell us why. We got one yeah, one-star. Don't, don't leave a one-star. <laughs> that hurt. Not, I was like, oh. It. Like, oh. Give, give us feedback. Please. Yeah, I if thought that was if funny. You, if you don't like it, like, tell us why. Because really, I think we're at like a 4.5 or like a 4.8 because of that one-star. One, one That's star pretty good. Like, I'll oh. take a 4.8. Yeah, I thought, that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back. Next weekend, hopefully, fingers crossed. If they haven't shut down the airwaves and the airwaves um, not down, <laughs> the internet goes down. The internet goes. See, normally I'm totally fine with staying at home, but if someone tells me to stay at home, you damn tyrant, <laughs> you autocrat. You know what? I'm going outside. <laughs> I'm going outside. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you guys next week, and as always, have a great day. Bye.